of weeks where you show up to your middle school classroom and you find out that there's a substitute teacher and you're oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's this week on the women's basketball <laughs> podcast. I'm Austin Miller. That's Matt McHugh. Noah Mitt Malik with us today. It's, it's basically the subs. We took over. Yeah. Just needs a week off, you know, got to keep him fresh. Especially right. When we get into big 10 tournament season. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? We said, hey, it's a rainy Monday. Let's do a women's basketball podcast. Throwing it back to the old days, really. Yeah. Pretty How many bad. times? We've, it's been a lot. Yeah. A lot of yeah. uh, this duo right here. Look, we're experienced. There's there's no way around it. <laughs> um, we got a win to talk about, so that's exciting. Yeah. We have a loss to talk about. That's less exciting. We'll get into that in a minute. We've got two games to preview. And then, Matt, the regular season's done. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Big Ten tournament season getting ready. Best time of the year. Yeah. Nothing better than Thursday and Friday at a half-empty Bankers Life Fieldhouse, watching teams play for their NCAA tournament lives, and there's going to be a lot of that this year. The Big Ten tournament bracket breakdown will be coming yeah. next week. I'm excited. I'm not sure if I'll be on it, but I'm going to make sure that it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, in years past, the Big Ten hasn't had any bubble teams. But this year, there's a lot of bubble teams. And yeah. that Big Ten tournament could be huge for those teams. Oh, yeah, it's massive. There's, yeah. a, there's some big implications, but you never know. You never know. You never know what can happen. And, and hey, everybody who shows up at the Big Ten tournament can win all their games and get to the NCAA tournament. Except maybe Illinois. The Illinois can't. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh, they, they would probably, like, change the rules. If Illinois somehow won that, they would say, like, I know you're technically supposed to get the bid, but we just... But, like, no. We just also, can't. when you've not won a single Big Ten game, the odds of you winning five of them in five straight days... Not great. It's not great. But, hey, weird... Have weirder things happen? No, actually, I'm pretty sure no, no, weirder things actually haven't happened. Unless the Cougs run through the WAC tournament. Yeah, but even they won a conference game. Oh, man, that's true. Oh, that's um, rough for Illinois. All right, Matt, we got two games to break down. Let's get into it. Let's start in Happy Valley, where this was a weird basketball game. Is that you were there? Is that is yes. that a fair assessment of this? Oh, it was it was so strange. It was actually really really fun uh, watching Northwestern play for the second and third quarters. Yep, it was a it was a highly entertaining basketball game. They were clicking. They looked smooth. They made some nice shots and. Looked like a, it looked like a very solid team. You could see the potential with this group. And then, as Joe McEwen said, they, quote, got kicked in the teeth in the fourth quarter. Yeah, seems about right. That's a fair assessment. Very. Penn State scored 30 points in the final quarter. And it wasn't just, Matt, that they scored 30 points. They scored about all of them in the first 90 seconds, it felt like. Yeah, Northwestern had some turnover issues there. They didn't get a shot up, I think, for the first two and a half minutes of that not quarter. Great. It was, uh, that was not great. Um, it's it's only hard to get points on the board if you're not taking shots. But that that was the biggest problem mm-hmm. right there was that beginning of the fourth quarter stretch. You could just you could see feel the energy was just kind of sucked out of the team. Yeah, that stretch right there. Positives for Northwestern. Palace continued her rampage through the Big Ten. She ate a lot of glass again. Twenty one and fourteen. She was dominant. The downside is Northwestern didn't get a ton else beyond that. Pulliam got eleven, but it took her seventeen shots to get there. She'll have those nights, but it's tough for that to come in a game that felt so winnable. Abby Scheid with 10 points. She's really struggled at points this year. Has there been anything about Scheid's game that has kind of explained to you why she's kind of been struggling from a scoring perspective? I feel like uh, this might just be, this is anecdotal. There's no Absolutely. data sure. to back this up. But uh, that's, I, that's the entirety of our podcast. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the, sure. the vibe we go right. with. I feel like she kind of forces some shots that she doesn't need to. I feel like she maybe has this feeling that she needs to do a lot more mm-hmm. in the offense, and she actually does. I think her best offensive role is, is as like that third or fourth option where she can kind of stand in the corner, cash out, instead of being like the go-to scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, but just based on the you know, personnel, the lack of depth with this team, which is what we've talked about a lot, she ends up kind of by default having to be one of the go-to scorers on this team. I think, yeah, and, and that's a tough, it's a tough ask. This is, again, anecdotal. 
but it feels like Abishad leads the Big Ten in good shots that should go down that don't. Yeah. It seems like there's been countless times this year where she's open at the top of the key. She's open on the right wing. She gets a good look, and it just won't go down. Uh, and I think that explains something. It feels weird because the numbers are still, right. still solid. Yeah. Still, I, I'm not sure why I don't have it in front of me. It's like 35%. But it also just feels it's like, like reasonable. she hasn't had that game yet. Maybe yeah. it's coming. There's still two games to go. Ohio State? Dude, still last year. Yeah. 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 There Points at head. Points at head. Uh, Bertie Galernick for Northwestern, good again. She has really come on down the stretch. And they've really needed her to because Jordan Hamilton has dealt with some foul trouble at points. You can't play your point guard all 40 minutes. But those two point guard lineups, two ball handler lineups, whatever you want to call them, with Galernick and Hamilton, those have been really successful for this team. I love those lineups. I've mentioned that a few times. But I think that's that's a really effective lineup for this team. You get some, some extra athleticism, some extra handling in the backcourt when you put Bertie and Jordan out there together. That's a look I think we'll see not only a lot down the stretch this year, but into the future of this program as well. Galernick had a tough time last year because she had to back up the best point guard in program history. Didn't get a lot of minutes, and I think at times found it hard to get a rhythm. But she has, she's been fantastic down the stretch for this team, and she's been a big part of why they've stayed in a lot of these games is because she's given them minutes off the bench. She's given them scoring. She scored eight points in this Penn State game. Look, she's not dominating things, but she deserves a lot of credit for how she's played. Most improved player on the team this year? I'd say that's a, yeah. that's a pretty good bet. Yeah, I mean, from last year. Akpana, does Akpana count? I think, well, we already saw the flashes from Akpana yeah. her freshman year. This is the final, but she's putting it all together sure. this year. So there's a good argument there as well. Um, but I think for Birdie, I, this is something yeah. that I didn't, just based on the limited doses we saw right. from her last year, you didn't really see this coming from her. Akpana, at least you had that expectation. Right. You knew, yeah, you Based do. off that freshman sure. year when she averaged what, almost eight boards a game, yeah. you knew she could rebound like one of the best bigs in the Big Ten. And now she's scoring. And now she's scoring with it. Uh, on the Penn State side of things, Northwestern struggling with another good perimeter score tonight at page 7-11 from the field. She got to the free throw line seven times, made all of them count, 22 points. And then something that she hasn't gotten a ton of this year, Matt, she got some help. Amari Carter scored 17. That's kind of what did Northwestern in here. Right. And tonight, Paige, th- it seems a little misleading from the stat line because Northwestern did a pretty good job on her, at least in the first half of the game. It's just in that stretch when they kept turning it over in the beginning of the fourth quarter, tonight got so hot. and That really just kind of put the damper on Northwestern for this game. Um, so they did a good job on her for some stretches of the game, but having the guard tonight paid yeah. for a full 40 minutes is it's a tough, tough ask for, for any team. And it's almost why the game plan is sometimes, all right, she's going to get hers. Let's see if we can limit the rest of them. And they weren't, unfortunately, able to do that with Carter. Jada Travasio green on the Matt McHugh keep shooting all-stars for the big team. Yeah, she's got to get him up. Yeah, She does not shoot a good – We looked. At, she was like uh, either first or second in three-pointers attempted, yeah. even though she shoots like 33%. Yep. Which I kind of love. In an ideal world, Travasio Green is the stretch four of your dreams. But in the actual world, she's the stretch four that just throws up bricks. Yeah, she's not. She's not a great four either. She's no. Yeah, doesn't have uh, doesn't have a lot of muscles. She's long. She can't really. She's long enough. She struggled when she's guarding other bigs. Yeah. Um, she she is long, which is good. But I mean, look, she's gonna get her shots up. Man. Gotta get them up. She's gonna get them up. Speaking of getting them up, let's move to the win for Northwestern against Illinois yesterday, sixty-eight, sixty-one. I, I, I say speaking of getting up because that's what Brandy Beasley did for Illinois. 9 of 24 from the field. She got to 21 points. Oh, man, that she's not met a shot she does not like. No, she's got to get, gotta get him up. Yep. Uh, that was funny from Brandy. I mean, it, it, that's a tough that's a tough team. You're talking about uh, with Northwestern, some players having to do a lot. This is the extreme of some yep. players having to do a lot on Illinois. They got Beasley and Wittender, were probably the only two competent players. It would be like a role player yeah. on a good Big Ten team. You can't leave Allie Andrews open. 
but that's about it. Petra Holoshinska came into Illinois and was supposedly a shooter. She's shooting 30% from behind the arc. It's a bad Illinois team. Yeah. But give Northwestern credit because, as Joe McEwen said, they got kicked in the teeth in State College. And they came back a few days later and against an Illinois team that was hungry for a win. You knew that they were going to be because you knew that they had this one circle as, hey, that's a game we could maybe get. Northwestern got it done, and they deserve credit for that. And they were really balanced in doing so. Yeah, and what do you think about that Joe McEwen strategy of having the team scout themselves, not scout Illinois before this game? I mean, there's one Big Ten team that you can afford to do that against. Yeah. Lucky for him, it was the next one coming up. I like it as like a little little mix thing. Sure. Because like, at this point in the year, you get it gets so repetitive yeah. into like, all right, we got our midweek game, we got our weekend game, you do the prep for the team, you look at and the And you film. played Illinois already. Yeah, like this is a little like shake it up sure. kind of thing. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a good thing to do yeah. is... It can, and we've seen this with Northwestern teams in years past. It can just start rolling, and it just rolls on, and you're just game after game after game. And so, yeah, to shake it up a little bit, I thought it was a good move, and it worked because this team was really balanced in this game. Bree Hopkins, their leading scorer, 15 points, by far, I think the best game she's played in a yeah, Northwestern uniform. Yeah. She got to the bucket. She recognized that Illinois couldn't stay in front of her and was able to get to the bucket, get good shots, good looks, five of eight from the field. One of She hit a three-pointer, got to the line, was fairly successful there. So that was good. We knew Akpana would be successful, and that she was. 13 oh, yeah. points, 16 boards. Alex Whittinger is a good Big Ten big, but she doesn't have the body to compete against Akpana or the athleticism, and it showed. Right, yeah, and I think she just gets gas too. She shouldn't be. It's, it's tough to play 39 minutes as a big in this conference, yeah. just banging down low with Palace. I mean... That is a that is a tough ask for anybody, and I, I mean, Wind, Winder is pretty good. I think she's probably one of the top half bigs in this. Conference. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, but, usage helps as well. She yeah, gets used a lot. But eighteen and fourteen—that's a very good day. She's had a lot of games like that this year. Maybe perhaps most impressive for Northwestern is their backcourt didn't give them a whole lot here. Hamilton and Pulliam, two of eighteen from the field. Pulliam, zero of ten from the field. She did get to the line six times and hit five of those. But for Northwestern to get those types of performances from their two best perimeter scores and still come out victorious, it's a really good sign. Yeah, it started to feel like at some points this year, Northwestern kind of goes as the first years go in mm-hmm. terms of Pulliam and Hamilton. Like Their scoring output would lead them either into a game or like like in that Indiana game when Pulliam went off or when they are hanging with Michigan for a while when Jordan Hamilton went off. But they kind of felt like that was the only way they could hang in these games, especially against some of the better competition now this game kind of showed that you know what they can if they even yeah, have an off night, sure. some of the role players can pick it up. Granted, a lot of that help came from Illinois not being able to guard pretty sure. much anything. But but look, it's a Big Ten team. Yeah, by definition. <laughs> um, Jordan Hamilton also, I think, really impressive. Nine assists, four boards. She wasn't necessarily contributing scoring, but she still had an effect on the game. Some of those passes she made, she had a pass right down the stretch. That was an absolute dime oh, yeah, to help the one seal to this game. Yeah, to help seal this game. Abby Wolf, 10 points, perfect from the field. That's a great performance for Abby Wolf. That's good to see. Uh, Abby Scheid, 4 of 11, contributing as well. Look, Lindsay Pulliam's going to have these type of nights. She was 0 of 10. All that means is she's probably going to be 10 of 13 on Wednesday. Yeah, it does. Right? She's yeah, due. We know they're not going to guard her. Yeah, that's true. We know they're not going to guard her. She's going to get them up. Yeah. <laughs> she was 5 of 17 at, at in-state college against Penn State. There's two thoughts here. It's one, she's just going to have this type of game. Anything to the idea that maybe she's kind of hitting that first-year wall down the stretch here? No, nah, because we, we, I think we almost had this conversation right before the Indiana yeah. game where it's like, oh, what's wrong with Pulliam? She was like 2 for 9 today or something. She, she just, just goes out and drops yeah. 33. She's just due. Later, she's due. So. It's fine. You no know, worries. The scoring comes and goes, but the usage is that high. You know, you're not going to be able to to knock them, <laughs> knock them all down every night. So right, and 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 I think the most important thing is 
Joe McEwen is aware of that, and she's aware of that, and his team knows, look, her field goal percentage is maybe not going to be as high as other players, but somebody needs to take those types of shots for Northwestern. They need somebody that can create a shot, late shot clock, and do something. And that's Pulliam's role, and she does it. I think it was, it must have been the, it might have been the exhibition when she went out there and really struggled. Uh, yeah, two for 14 against Missouri St. Louis. And everyone was, I, some people were like, what is this? I thought yeah. she was supposed to be a good first. I was, and I was sitting there like, I love this. Yeah. Get him up. You know she could feel her shot. That wasn't going to get to her at all. And then and here she is as the leading scorer um, yeah. among all Big Ten first years. So, you know, again, she's going to have those kind of nights, but she's got the right mentality for that, which is she's going to she's gonna be a look to score yeah. every single time she hits on the floor. Yeah. And, and that's not going to And look, good for Northwestern. They came in and they got a win. They had a lot of close calls. I get it. It's Illinois. They've not won a conference game. They're not going to win a conference game. That program has a long road back to being competent in this conference. But look. Give Northwestern credit. They came and they got the job done. And that's just a big positive for this team heading into these two final regular season games where they're going to be up against it. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what you want from that kind of game. Go in, get the job done. Even if they some of your stars have off days, you can still get enough to get it done. And you just got to feel good to get a win for the first if time. If nothing else, they've put themselves in great position to wear white jerseys at the Big Ten Tournament for day one. Yes. That's all you can ask for. That's pretty much what it's looking at at this point. It's <laughs> I mean, they're, be, uh, they're hammered into that 12-seed spot, and Wisconsin is hammered into the 13-seed. So we'll see We'll see you next Wednesday, Johnny. Yeah. Um, all right, final two regular season games here for Northwestern. Matt, they go to Columbus to play Ohio State. This is a big game for Ohio State because Maryland got waxed by Minnesota at the weekend. These yeah. two teams are now level atop the Big Ten. Maryland has the tiebreaker. They only played once in the regular season. But if Ohio State can win out, they can put pressure on Maryland, and Maryland will have to match them for that number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. It's a big game for Ohio State, and they're coming off a couple of pretty good performances. They got by Purdue, fine, Kelsey Mitchell, co-Big Ten player of the week. They put 88 past Illinois. Matt, there's nothing really new with this Ohio State team. This no, it's the same old, same old. They're going to go get their buckets. Um, Northwestern's going to have to be able to score with them because... Ohio State, no one takes some defensive possessions off. They had no one to take defensive halves off. They had kind of a hangover game. No one to take defensive games off. Yeah, they went down to Tampa for a weekend, (laughs) and I just don't think that went how Kevin McGuff thought it was going to (laughs) go. They pounded Rutgers. They put 90 past the best defensive team in the Big Ten. And then they went to Tampa and just were allergic to defense for 40 minutes and lost 84-65 yeah. to a solid but not great USF team. Yeah, that's that that was that felt like a, a classic like hangover game yeah. for Ohio State. Just going in, not going to play any defense. Yeah. We're in Tampa for the weekend. Yeah. We don't have to play. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell, the best perimeter player in this conference, the best pure scorer in this conference, two-time Big Ten Player of the Year. I think she should get beat out for that award this year. Matt does I don't. not. <laughs> that's fine. We can have that debate later. Uh, she's really, really good. Yeah, twenty four point six points, uh, a shade under forty percent from three. She's incredible at the free throw line, and because she doesn't play any defense, she's never in foul trouble. Right, last regular season game too at the uh, at the, the Value City Valley Arena. City Arena, yes. Yeah. So she she wants I'm guessing. Out. I'm guessing she'll bring it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there have been it. times in her career where maybe she hasn't brought it, but I think she's going to. Mitchell gets all the headlines bad, but Stephanie Mavunga, she's pretty good too. I, I love Mavunga's game. and I mean, the Mavunga Palace battle this year should be really fun, I think. I'm kind of excited to watch that. The concern is double double machines going the foul at it. trouble for both of them. Mavunga's fouled out four times this year. Palace, we know, has dealt with foul yeah. trouble all year. Palace, absolutely, if Northwestern is to have a chance in this game, has to stay on the court. You have to be able to use her how you want her because she's the type of player who can match up with Ohio State athletically. She's the type of player who can have an impact on this game if she's in foul trouble. The path to victory is really yeah. tough. The foul trouble could be really dicey for Northwestern because the depth is just not there for them, and it is for Ohio State. They have 
a lot of good bodies, a lot of top recruits. They could just roll right out there if Mavunga gets into foul trouble. And they also, Ohio State is really good at kind of knowing their role. All right, Mitchell is going to do what she wants to do. Mavunga, you go eat glass. You go get the rebounds. Harper, Calhoun, we need you to be solid perimeter players. We're not asking you to do too much. Uh, Asia Doss, Matt, is shooting 28% from behind the arc on 124 Yeah, attempts. what happened there? I mean, she gets him. She's up. due. Yeah. She's due. Uh, right. Hart and Waterman, two other players who are just really stable. They know their role. They know what they're going to do. And that, I think, is what has allowed this Ohio State to be so successful. What has kept them from being more successful is their propensity to just not clean Right. And, I mean, that that's not great, but they can afford to do that because they are right. so good. But the issue is then they get to games where they can't afford to do that, and they're right. out. And they're out in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They're out in the Sweet 16. They've not had a sustained run in the NCAA tournament with Kelsey Mitchell because they can't stop anybody. Right. They've given up over 70 points a game, and that's the worst gonna, in the Big Ten. That doesn't fly when you get to, uh, when <laughs> you get to tournament It doesn't time. work against However, good teams. It does fly in the regular season in the Big it Ten does. because you're scoring over 85 points a game. That's, right. uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So. I think they'll be just fine down the stretch here. Uh, but maybe Northwestern can give them a shot. Yeah, yeah Northwestern gets hot. Northwestern has played Ohio State really close in the Kelsey Mitchell era. Uh, my sophomore year, that's two years ago, you and I were on the call for yeah. an upset win for Northwestern. Probably the lone regular season bright spot in that year for the Wildcats, in which they went 4-14 four and 14 in the Big Ten until they made the run in the Big Ten tournament. But they were in that. They won that game, and then they were in the game in Columbus that year. Last year in the game at Welsh Ryan Arena, Northwestern hung. Then in the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State played the best game I think I've seen Ohio State play in four years. They scored 99 points, and they just ran Northwestern out of the gym. But other than that, Northwestern has hung with this team pretty well. Is there a path to victory for Northwestern this game? Yeah, I think we kind of hinted at it, but the path to victory is just Abby Shine goes 7 for 7 again yeah. like she did last Lindsay year. Lindsey Pullen has the Indiana game again. Yeah, and, and then maybe Jordan Hamilton's Michigan game all get thrown into one right. game together. Sure. Then maybe that's it. But and Mitchell gets hers, but you do a pretty good job of, of limiting the others. Yeah. Mavunga can kind of be neutralized. Palace grabs them to the boards there, which kind of takes away Mavunga's game. Um, I Look, think Palace probably has the athleticism advantage over I, Mavunga. So. Not a lot of people in the Big Ten do, but yeah. Palace is one of them. Look. This Ohio, Kelsey Mitchell's going to get hers. She's she's going to get hers. It might take her 30 shots to get hers, but she's going to get hers. She's only been held to single digits twice in her collegiate career. That's not going to change. For Northwestern, you want to make her life as tough as possible. Two years ago at the Big Ten Tournament, they did that against Rachel Bannon and Tyra Buss. They made them work so ridiculously hard to score. They need to do that with Mitchell again. Yeah. Look, this is a really good Ohio State team. This is a really tough game for Northwestern. But if they hang around, and if, as you said, if they can kind of blend in all of those great games individually into one night where they're great collectively, you never know. You can have a shot. Might, might be. That, that, that's the thing about Ohio State is you know that they probably aren't going to guard you. You can right. get your open looks up. So if you start knocking down some of those open looks, it's going to be just a back-and-forth scoring game, and, you know, maybe you're in it. They give up 103 points at Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's they're so frustrating. Yeah. They're so frustrating. They're so annoying to watch because it's just like try on defense for once in your life you might be good. They always score so. Good. I know. I know. It's, it's, they it's scored one hundred three in back to back games. I know. They're just good. They're really good. Uh, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, is that fair to say? Yes. This next game for Northwestern Rutgers, the surprise or at least one of the surprise teams in the Big Ten this year, nineteen and nine, seven and seven in conference, right on the NCAA tournament bubble. Because of that, Matt, you know this Rutgers team cannot come to Beardsley Gym on Sunday and take an RPI hit with a loss to request. This is a huge game oh, for this Rutgers team. massive for this team. This, is, this was a team that looked, they were ranked at one point yep. earlier this year. They looked like almost a lock for the tournament. And then 
things just spiraled so yeah. far down. And it started when they scored 33 points in 40 minutes against Yeah, Bruce. what was that? Rutgers, hey, come on. Rutgers. Come on. So since that game, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven losses and just three wins. One of those wins was against Michigan. That was a huge win for them. One of them against Minnesota. That's a win that's getting better. And then one against Wisconsin, which is one you have to get. So they're three and seven down the stretch. Rutgers is the type of team that that is good, but anybody can beat them because they can just go ice cold from the field. Because Tyler Scaife is their offense, and there's not a ton else. That's it. Yeah, they're gonna the games that they're gonna win are gonna be kind of that grinded out like fifty-seven to fifty kind of win. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be like you said, the exact opposite of Ohio State. They scored forty-two points against Nebraska. That's like. For most teams, that's like that's their worst scoring output by far. But remember, no, they no, scored thirty three. No, they scored thirty three before that. It's just like they if they go out and do that, which they're really capable to do any given night. It's not like like those are juggernaut defensive teams. Sure, it's but fine. they also defend ridiculously well, and so sometimes fifty five yeah. points is enough for them. Scafe is their best player, nineteen point four points per game, an All Big Ten lock. Her return has been massive. She was a big loss last year. But again, outside of Scave, this is pretty much the same team that was dreadfully bad at scoring the ball last year. So if you can limit Scave, you got a shot because who else scares you on this team? Right. It's it's tough to find other good scoring options. They shoot under thirty percent from beyond the arc, so you not a good free throw shooting. Northwest, you can feel comfortable in that zone, knowing that Rutgers will most likely not shoot their way out of it. That's huge for this team. I don't feel the same confidence about Ohio nope. State. Nope. Uh, nope. So nope. that's good, but the defense is going to be tough. Northwestern's just going to have to – I think the path to victory here is there's a lot of missed shots, but you've got Palos Gunayak yep. down low. She's going to grab maybe close to 20 boards in this yep. game if she can stay out of foul trouble. If she can start putting some of those in, work through the contact, get to the line, maybe put up close to that 20-20 game we saw from her earlier this year, this is the formula for that kind of game to happen. Victoria Harris for Rutgers, they're starting big. She only plays about 16 minutes per game. She might be the one who's trying to get at Akpana. Caitlin Jenkins it's not as well. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not a lot of great options. Right. Yeah. It's Akpana, again, another game where she's going to have an athleticism advantage, and she has to take advantage of it. Yep. We know this is a huge game for Rutgers. They will absolutely come into this game full on because they play Iowa. That's not necessarily, That might be a loss for them. If they lose to Iowa, they have to have this Northwestern game. Not because it's a good win, but because it avoids a bad Arguably, they, they may need to, even if they win yeah. in Iowa, this sure. should still be huge. Yeah, and they're it, still kind of on the bubble. Right, and the, the thing that has Rutgers in such a good position is their computer number. It's 25th in the RPI, and the reason that it's so high is because they've been allergic to bad losses. They don't have a single bad loss. Against Washington State, that's their worst loss. It's still a top 100 loss. Yep. Lose to Northwestern, whose RPI is hovering around 200, that qualifies as a bad loss. But this is a game, Matt, that you and I are in agreement. Northwestern can absolutely be in this game. Absolutely. Especially considering the way Rutgers have been playing. You mentioned 3-7 and seven in their last 10. This is a team that is in a bit of a slide right yeah. now. They are they're in need of a big win, but they have not been playing good basketball over the last couple months. And also, it's worth noting that this might be the ugliest basketball game you watch this year. Yeah, that's that's a fair, a fair comment there. Uh, the Illinois game was... Not great, not great, but uh, right now, man, yeah, they just don't like to play basketball. There's a chance that uh, this game, uh, nobody gets gets to 50. Yeah, 49 points could win this game, 55 points could win this game, 60 could win it. It's going to be tight. Uh, It'll be interesting (laughs) to see what Northwestern does in Columbus and then comparing that coming back for their final game at Historic Beardsley Gym this year before they move back to Welsh Ryan Arena. I believe there's going to be a lot of people excited about that. Yep. Um, Who knows? They could be in this game. Absolutely. Uh, 
I'm cur- I'm intrigued to see what Pulliam does against this Rutgers defense. Uh, you have to think she's going to shoot. Yeah, you have to think maybe the longer Tyler Scaife is on her. We haven't seen Pulliam have to go up against a ton of great defenders. There maybe isn't a ton of great defenders. I don't think it offense. honestly matters because yeah. there's a hand in her face. You know, someone's bodying her up. She's not going to care. No, she's still going to shoot. Yeah. She's uh, make. We've seen her make the top yeah. shots a lot. I mean, that, that's what that's what intrigues me about this matchup is, is I want to see Northwestern go up against a team that's going to try to lock them down, and yeah. then I want to see Northwestern against a team that they can lock down. And and we saw it in the non-con. Northwestern was really successful. It was because they just suffocated teams, right. and that that's what they can do to this Rutgers team. So who knows? Could be should be a fun one. That one is on Sunday afternoon, and after that, the Wildcats will head to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament. They will play. I think this is. Uh, I need to do a little bit of research on this, but I'm pretty sure we're locked and loaded. Northwestern, Wisconsin, 12-13, Wednesday afternoon in Indianapolis. Northwestern cannot catch anybody because they don't have the tiebreaker over Michigan State. That's the only team they could theoretically catch on record, but the Spartans would have that tiebreaker. And Illinois, I don't believe, can catch Wisconsin because they wouldn't have the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. So it's Northwestern, Wisconsin. Northwestern, Wisconsin, and yep, that's... It's going to be the first day. Yeah, yeah and right that's right. a winnable game for Northwestern. And, and once you get one under your belt, you never know what can happen in the Big Ten tournament. We saw them get hot a couple we years ago. Could happen. From this exact game, you know who they played the first day that yep. year? Yep, exactly. It happened. <laughs> I'm not saying what I'm saying, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, we will break down the Big Ten tournament next week on the show, a full preview again. my One of my favorite weekends in sports. You know we'll be ready for that. Full bracket's going to be filled out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right, Matt. Let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten in general. We said it in the open. The Big Ten tournament, part of what's going to make it so interesting is the fact that you have Maryland and Ohio State, two teams that are in the NCAA tournament. You have a Michigan team that is doing its best to absolutely torpedo its seed line, but is probably in the Big Ten tournament. And that's it. Everything else in the Big Ten, outside of, I think, probably Penn State down in the standings, they need to win the Big Ten tournament to get in. But... Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa, Purdue, Indiana, and Rutgers. That's six teams that will all head to Indianapolis thinking, if we string together a couple games, we could be in the tournament. This is this is a fun end of the season for the Big Ten. And, I mean, you mentioned the bubble as exciting. It's also the race for who wins this conference. It's yeah. going to be pretty exciting. There is a very real chance that Nebraska could win this Big Ten conference. That would They play be- Maryland in the last game of the year. Maryland has to go to Michigan for their next game. Nebraska against Maryland in that last game could be for the Big Ten regular season title. That feels so weird to say. For that to happen, though, Ohio State has to lose to either Northwestern or at Penn State. We laid out the scenario. We just we did we sure, did just sure. lay out the okay. scenario. All right. Now. Yeah. Also, Nebraska lost at Indiana. That I think was probably the death. Indiana finally yeah, seven, together. seven in a row, longest win streak in the conference. It probably is too little, too late. Yeah, but they're going to go to Indianapolis, and they might not need to win it to get in. Might need to get close to winning it to get in. I think you got to win probably three games. Probably got to make the final, but yeah. they, man, you just shake your head like, what were you guys doing for so long? For those, yeah, I don't, for basically two months, <laughs> you just were terrible, and now you're back. They go to Minnesota and to Iowa to close the year. If they win both of those, uh, look. It's not likely, but you never know. That would be two good wins. I know. Be two wins over Minnesota. What's up with Maryland? Yeah, they, two straight losses. Kind of coasting right now. I mean, these games don't really mean that much. No, relatively for them. But for a team that absolutely dominated this conference, they had strangled this conference. They had not lost to anybody but Ohio State coming in. This was the year. first time they've lost back to back games. Yep, ever. Yep, in the Big Ten. And now they've lost to Michigan State, Purdue, and at Minnesota. You know my theory on this. 
Brenda Freeze understands that she's <laughs> hurt the conference over the past year. So she's given out some free wins here down the stretch to try and help these teams get in the NCAA tournament. That's a big win for the two teams that they just lost to, Purdue and Minnesota. They're both bubble teams. It's huge for They're Minnesota. They're fighting in, yeah. Huge for Minnesota. They're now third place in this conference. Yeah. Sire. They also lost to San Diego, who's the <laughs> 250th best team in college basketball. But uh, All right, Matt. So we're in agreement. Maryland, Ohio State, and Michigan are in. There's nothing those three teams can do to get out. Yeah. I feel I feel less a little less good about Michigan. But they're, I mean, they're torpedoing their seed line. There's no doubt about that. But Maryland, to close the year, is a no-lose situation. You win it, you're fine. You lose it, it's not a bad loss. One game fine. at the Big Ten tournament, even if they lost that, they'd still be 20-10 and 10 with nine Big Ten wins with a win at Ohio State. If they lost that, that'd be four straight L's. Look, it wouldn't be great looks, but this team is still a 9 or 10 seed to me. Yeah, they're probably hanging in there. But we saw from last year, when you think Michigan is not enough to be in. (laughs) They've not helped themselves out down the stretch here. But they You really think they would, though, after last year. You really think they'd be like, okay, I know we're pretty close. I feel like 95%. And then they go and lose four or five. They lose (laughs) to the the Rutgers. But what if we made it really close? Let's do that again. (laughs) That's fun. That was really fun. Caitlin Caitlin Flaherty is determined to be the first back-to-back WNIT (laughs) champion and never play an NCAA tournament game in her career. Incredible. we're in agreement they should they be really fine. I feel like they should be. But they might not be. Who knows? I mean, I also, I expect them to win their day one game. Yeah, you'd think so. And then we get into the bubble. All right, Penn State, Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Illinois have to win the Big Ten tournament to make the NCAA tournament. Yes? Yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> Indiana will still need a run, but they are getting themselves into the conversation. They've won seven straight after a three-game losing streak. They're eight and six in conference, 15 and 12 overall. You probably have to win your last two games. You have to win your last two games and then lose once at the Big Ten. But it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, the the computer numbers still don't love Indiana because nope. of all that losing sure. stuff they did for the first yep, couple months. Not of great, the year. but like I feel like yeah, I think I think we said it earlier. They got to make the the final. They're on the outside, but the way they're playing. They could run through and just win the whole yeah, thing. No, no one's beating them. No one's beating them in weeks. Right. They're, They're on there. fire. Um, Hottest team in the conference right now, no doubt. We talked about Rutgers when we were previewing them. The computer number is great. The actual basketball down the stretch has not been good. You cannot lose to Northwestern. You cannot lose an ugly game at the Big Ten tournament. But if Rutgers treads water from here on out, they should be. Yeah, if, I think they can hang on. They'll be fine. Uh, the Iowa game is kind of big. I feel yeah. like Iowa, are you considering them a lock? or just No. No. I, I mean... Their computer number is pretty good too. They've only lost six games all year, so it's kind of yeah. hard to see them missing. I'd be very surprised if they missed. But I would, I would advise Iowa to win one more game somewhere yeah. down the stretch. I don't, I don't care if it's at Rutgers. I don't care if it's at home against Indiana. I don't care if it's even Northwestern. It's on the two, second it's two tough games. Term. Yeah, but I would but advise Iowa to win one more game. They're playing somewhere. good basketball. They should too. be good. One five straight. I think they are the fourth team in the Big Ten tournament pack, in the Big Ten packing order here, and they're probably not good. Nebraska. No, because Nebraska doesn't have a great computer number. Yeah, it's it's tough, but, you know, I, like I said, there, there's a scenario where they I win this I know, conference. I, know. <laughs> if, I mean, obviously, if they win the Big Ten, if they get that one seed, that's how have, crazy this is. They'll pocket it a couple wins, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Minnesota did themselves wonders with that win against Maryland. They've only lost six games all year. I think they're in now, too. The San Diego loss is the worst loss of any of these Big Ten teams trying to fight for an NCAA tournament spot. But that Maryland win did them wonders. I think they should be good. You and I were talking pre-pod, Matt. Uh, also, Minnesota should not lose at Illinois. I would advise them not to do that. If they do that, then then things turn into an then, issue here. Then but. it would not be smart. Um, the Big Ten Their could get, number is good too. The Big they Ten, should be fine. they should be fine. The Big Ten could get seven teams in the NCAA tournament, yeah, and five of them could be from the seven to ten seed <laughs> range. 
Everyone's favorite bracketologist, Charlie, Charlie Cream. Cream. Yeah. Seven seven Big Ten teams in. One more. Nebraska was in the first four out. One more was in the next four out. Michigan State. I'm not sure how we came to that yeah, conclusion. No. Stop. At, at Charlie, we got we got okay, to talk cool. about you that. Cool. You beat Maryland once. But you also have nobody. No. Stop. They also <laughs> yeah. There could be a day one. Yeah. Like, like you're gonna no. play Illinois on day one. No. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. NCAA tournament rule. If you have to play a winless Big Ten team on the first day of the conference tournament, no. Nope. You no, can't no, make no. the tournament. So. I'm not sure how we got to that conclusion, but the seven Big Ten teams in, at first I kind of laughed it off, then I looked at it and I was like, you know what, yeah. realistically, all these seven teams have a legitimate case. Purdue pocketing the win at Maryland was huge for them. They went to Ohio State, played them close, and lost. Illinois and Michigan State left for Purdue. They should win both of those. If they win both of those, they finish 10-6 and six in the Big Ten, 19-11 overall. They're probably in. Yeah. Probably. I think so. Sharon Versip has done it again. It's, it's kind of wild. Proof they did it's it the same thing they did last year. Yep. We've mentioned this a couple exactly. times. But they, exactly. you know, they start out just kind of slipping around, messing around in their conference, and then non-con rather, and then next thing you know, they're in the tournament. Rip off a bunch of wins in the Big Ten, and there you go. All right, so are we saying seven teams are getting in from this conference? Oh, no, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm still not sure about Rutgers because – I think 16. I have six. I think have the top right four – I have Maryland, Ohio State, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers. So no Nebraska. Nebraska for me. <coughs> oh God, Nebraska should be in too. Yeah. That's seven. And Purdue. That could be eight. It could be eight. Indiana. No. No, 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 no. I don't know. Eight is not out of the realm of possibility, which is wild because that is not something we expect to be saying at this point of view. Yeah. It, I, I guess Purdue, Purdue's got a case. Purdue's got a good I know. case. I'm, I'm, Nebraska has a good case as well. I know they have. Yeah. I think seven. Wow, I think I'm going everybody from that group but Purdue. The computer number for Rutgers is just too. So you good are going, you're going Nebraska in? Yeah, yeah, right at the edge. Wow, it's yeah, it's kind of wild to think about. This but. has been <laughs> this has been Maryland just throwing the rest of a conference a bone and saying, "Here, have some good wins." I think I'm leaving Purdue out too. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but they could absolutely play themselves in. The Big Ten tournament, they did it last year. They could do it again. So who do I have? We got Maryland, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa. Nebraska? I don't know. Yeah, I got to do Nebraska. They're just winning too many games. I know. They're winning too many games. I got to put them in. Uh, I'm going to have Rutgers on the outside. I know the computer number likes them, but... They're seven and seven. If Rutgers beats Ten. Iowa midweek, do you put do you bump them up? Yeah, that, that, they're in too. They're my seventh yeah. team. Wow, that's kind of amazing. It's a weird place to be at. Um, <laughs> Big Ten tournament preview pod coming next week. I will reveal exclusively on this podcast at some point my all Big Ten ballot. You're gonna want to tune oh. in for that. It's gonna be a good one. I will have it out with Matt or whoever else tells me that Megan Gustafson shouldn't be the Big Ten Player of the Year. The Marcus Aldridge of Big Ten women's basketball is my. Favorite. She's gonna get the award. She's getting my oh. vote. I, I'm very. I'm actually incredibly curious to see how that vote goes. Yeah, um, what's the scoring like now? Because it what it, the the vote normally ends up being is just who scores the most points in the conference. Gustafson which, which still has an advantage. Right. She's twenty four point nine over twenty four point six. So it's so. it's basically a toss up. Yeah, and um, then Gustafson, she got the rebounds. Yeah, she rebounds. She doesn't shoot. It's fine. It's fine. She's got it. She's got it. Not five. Uh, I will be in Columbus with you on Wednesday for that call. We'll be back at Pierce the Gym for one final time this year on Sunday. And then the Big Ten Tournament next week. Again, Northwestern's first game will be on Wednesday against Wisconsin. I believe that's a 1.30 central tip time. That's strange. That one, yeah, Wednesday is weird because they try to play them early. Yeah. Uh, we'll check. Hang on. We'll check that. Tournament bracket for the Big Ten. 
Yep. Oh, no. A 12.30 Central tip time on Wednesday against Wisconsin. Then if Northwestern wins that, they will stay in the afternoon window on Thursday and play the five seed, which could be a number of teams still. There's still a lot that could happen in the Big Ten. 12 and 13 are basically the only things that are locked up. Yeah. Uh, but Amit Malik and I will be there in Indianapolis on the call for those ones. Great podcast, Matt. Great stuff. Uh, as a substitute teacher, I'm going to leave a note for a minute. It's going to be a good note. Yeah. Class was well behaved today. That's good. I'm glad it was well behaved. Well behaved. Uh, tune in to all those broadcasts. Be sure to check out all of the podcasts and all those media. Have a great week. Go Cats! <laughs>